how does one need to show up in order to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work? What are the practical skills and tools that boost one's practice of leadership in order to do that? These are the challenges that we as leadership practitioners approach every day as we observe and coach people in all kinds of roles, in all levels of organizations, and at organizations of various sizes. In this podcast, we'll share our experiences, the experiences of the people we support, and what we see as working. I'm Jonathan Rosenblatt. And I'm Marlene Jabrowski. Welcome to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast. Hey, JR. Hey, Marlene. I was thinking about some of the comments and observations and perspectives coming from um, um, quite a few of the uh, beginning leadership practitioner program participants. There's a mouthful. Mm. Yeah, right. (laughs) And they... Some people struggle with the idea of where one practices leadership. Mm. Yes, for sure. Or where and maybe who practices leadership. And so I was wondering if we could dive into that a little bit today. Definitely. Which one first? The who or the where? I'm thinking let's start with, let's start with the who. Let's start with the who. So Mm -hmm. we, we get this from practitioners who are working in organizations and have really picked up, you've talked about this before, that cultural context where leadership is understood as equivalent to title. What I'm talking about. I do because like there's so it's almost like we're conditioned, right? Like as soon as you, as soon as you uh, get into the business world or especially in the corporate world, it's almost like you're conditioned to think that, you know, you're only a leader uh, and I'm, I'm using air quotes. I realize, um, you know, can't really see them, but it called it a leader in air quotes again, when you have that title, whether it be a manager or director or, you know, some sort of executive title. And this really seems to cause some of our participants to stumble. And I, I, it took me a while to get my head wrapped around this because I'm, I'm coming from, like you talk about how in that corporate world, you really got that conditioning yourself and had to work against the grain of it. From day one. Yeah. And, and I think back to my background, which, you know, my first professional work was within universities and sort of the school system. And, but also on the side, uh, activism and like social change movements. And I, I think that, I don't know, maybe there's a certain gravitas that some people afford the concept of that traditional notion of leader that maybe I, I never did. <laughs> and that's why, that's why I struggled with the idea that I too couldn't be a leader, even though I didn't have a title. It maybe just never occurred to me that, that that kind of intervention into existing power structures wasn't possible. But now that I've you know spent 25 years working in the business world, in the corporate world, um, and, and more recently, kind of bigger and bigger corporations, I really, like my heart goes out to the people I work with who understand themselves completely 
held in place by that lack of title. Yeah, because it's like there's almost there's almost the assumption that well, I don't have the title, and so therefore, you know, I can't I can't do anything that would be worthy of change, or I can't, you know, and and actually in in some situations, like not even say anything, right? And like you're coming into working with a with a group, or uh, maybe if you're just working by yourself, but it's like, well, I have no title, and therefore, how can I possibly lead any projects or um, any initiatives? get that all the time. And it's I like to unpack that even further. It's it's as if there's this assumption that if I don't have a title I can't contribute. There's a certain class of problem I can't contribute to. And if I am a leader, I am 100% um equipped to resolve that issue. <laughs> and almost equipped and entitled to. I guess I'm I'm thinking of those moments where I'm working with people and they look to the people who have the titles and they say do something and they they struggle to recognize that the people who have the titles are in many ways as constrained as they are within particular systems and and that and so they, there's never a moment where you could get enough power within a system that you could make absolute choices and decisions. Okay, I mean, you know, the, you could, you could, you could say there are some organizations where that might be the case. Like, um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be extreme here. Like, like in a prison, right? So you're a prison warden. I mean, you have an incredible amount of power, right? There's True. a huge, huge gradient of power within that system. Um, but even in those cases those people in those positions of power, there's going to be moments where even their power to make absolute decisions are affected, are, are kind of constrained, you know, and we could argue for, for good or for bad reasons. But, but there's, no, there's no place where you have this complete autonomy. This is, this is my argument. This is my observation. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making it. Like lots of philosophers in the, in the, in the last century have spent and logged a lot of hours making that observation that to have incredible amounts of power is still to work within um, constraints. And that, and that when we say that only that kind of power is the possible place we can act, we literally give away our ability to make change. We give away that chance. And I mean, let, let's take it one, one example further, right? Like even take a, you know, a premier of a country or a president of a country, even that you're working within a constrained system where you don't have the ability to do whatever you want, whenever you want, right? But that's technically like that you would think that that would be the ultimate power, but it's not. So obviously I think what we're, I think what we're hinting at, and I, and I completely agree with you is that, you know, leadership is not a power thing. Right. Even though, even though, like I know for me, right, almost like from day one of coming into um, corporate world, uh, or I shouldn't say corporate world, even the business world, right? It's almost like it, it was, it was ingrained in me where it's like, you know, you're, when you're a leader, you have power. And until you have a leader, you have zero power. Right. And I think that's when after so many years of like hearing that and then kind of like trying to noodle around it one way or the other and, and eventually kind of seeing results and, and, you know, even from our work and helping emergent leaders coming through and stuff like that is really understanding that, hey, you know what, like there are ways in which you can do things that you can, you know, you can choose to behave in such a way where you don't need that power in order to make the difference. 
And I think you and I have been incredibly privileged. I know certainly I have been to be able to practice and experience that so that our our daily lives constantly reinforce that like we, we this isn't a philosophy, right? This is mm-hmm. just our experience. Our experience mm-hmm. tells us that we can work within systems and uh, affect change within those systems and support people to make change within those systems, positive, healthy change uh, without title. And I think back to maybe it was that naivety of the of the person coming from without of the business world into the business world. But I know that when I brought that stance with me, it like it often resulted in me ending up sitting with the leaders. So in more than one instance, I was considered part of, you know, the executive group, but I never had the title to support that. And my position, therefore, was to make those kinds, look for that kind of influence or support that basically it was trying to bring the voices of the teams that I was supporting and bring it into that space of titled leadership and represent. But in doing it, if I had gone at it in a kind of, I have a title and therefore I'm going to tell you what to do way, you know, that would not have worked. I think that was very self-evident, right? That wouldn't have worked. So what's interesting is that, um, you know, from from my side, um, again, similar to how in, in the previous episode we were talking about our opposite stories, <laughs> I I came to learn of of this whole who is a leader and stuff like that from the other way where you know, in in one organization, and actually pretty much early from from early times in my career, you know, I was a, a titled leader, if you will. Again, I'm using those air quotes. Um, I was a titled leader, and I went in and I made a whole bunch of changes and stuff like that because, hey, I had the power to do so. Awesome. So I never really questioned it. And then I moved into a, an individual contributor role where I now no longer had that title. And now I'm like, oh, hold on a second. I'm not going to be able to do anything now. Well, I have no title, right? Like I, I, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And so I sat back for a little bit being like, hmm, um, I don't know that this is, I mean, first of all, it was like, oh, I, you know, did I make the wrong move? I don't have power now. I can't do anything. Only to then realize it's like, hold on a second. Do I really need it? And then I sought out to experiment with what I can do to help people or what I can do to help steer projects in in one way versus another way. And it was starting to have an impact. And very similarly, I know in, in some coaching sessions with, with coachees, we go through the same kind of realizations where it's like, oh man, you know, like I've moved role and, um, you know, now I can't do anything. And then you, we have a conversation about, well, why do you feel like you can't do anything? Only to realize that, again, it comes back to that ingrained definition. And then we start working with, what if we changed the definition of leader, right? What if, you know, and, and that's sort of where we came up with the, a, a differing definition of leader for the Leadership Practitioner Program, where in, in our world, and again, to your point from before, we didn't just like, this isn't a philosophy. I mean, it's a philosophy and a mindset to live by, but we got it from practical data, from real life data where, you know, we, we're observing these people, you know, titles aside and whatever, we're, we're observing people doing cool things, people who are creating a context, you know, where people can be the best versions of themselves and they're doing their best work. And it's kind of like, well, hold on a second. 
if you can do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you if you can choose to behave in such a way where, um, you know, you instill trust and you support people and what they need to do, right? And and you're you're kind of creating the environment for them to be able to experiment and learn. And so you don't need a title to do any of that. Mm-hmm. It comes back to the the connection. It's all about the connection. And I mean, we 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 batted this back and forth and we landed on a, a definition of, of when you and I say leader, what we mean. And it has nothing, nothing to do with title. Yeah. Let's, let's revisit that definition for our listeners. Uh, JR and I have come upon this definition, the act of choosing to behave in such a way based on the situation at hand that influences in big or small ways people to for people to achieve their desired objectives for, and and that idea of achieving objectives not being linked to title like that is so important to to kind of get one's head wrapped around yet we we start off we start off a lot of our our work uh with folks in the connection with that as a working definition. And we talk about it and we talk about it. And yet in the middle of that, people will say, oh yeah, except I can't do that because I haven't gotten this, you know, institutional authority to go ahead and do that. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a leader. Yeah. And we're not, we're not saying we're not, I mean, I know I'm not saying, JR, I know you're not saying, because we've both, we've both had the experiences where we've been in organizations and we, you know, didn't have the, I'm going to say the mandate of the organization to do what we were doing. Right. I've been there. You've been there. The situations are different, but, but they, they echo the same. And, and so we're not saying you can do anything in an organization without mandate and, that all actions are possible in any one moment. What, what I'm saying is that it's not such black and white thinking. There's having a title doesn't necessarily give you free mandate to do whatever you want. And not having a title doesn't say you have no mandate to affect positive change in an organization. I think it goes back to what you were saying before, Marlene, is that in, in that definition, right? It's the it's the act of choosing, right, to behave in a certain way. So, and and that, of course, is relative to the context that you're in, right? So, to your point, it's not this or that, black or white, or, or, or so binary. It's really just understanding that you have that ability to choose based on the situation at hand. And if there is an opportunity in which the way you show up can influence in big or small ways for people to achieve their desired objectives, well then, Hey, that is leadership. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if you're, if you're con, um, continuously and, and maybe even con, I'll say consistently first and then continuously choosing to show up that way where you're, you know, you're choosing to focus on helping people be the best versions of themselves, then by our definition, you are now a leader as well. Right. So I think it's, I think it's really important. We had this come up um, in, in one, uh, one of the learning circles, we had this come up where it's kind of like, well, yeah, great guys, but like, that's your definition. 
it became our definition from from Marlene and I's observations that um, you know of of real world scenarios, right? Of of working through challenging scenarios with folks, or you know, working with people who are just coming into the organizational title, if you will, only to realize that for them, nothing has actually changed. So it wasn't about the title, right? It's kind of like you were already doing this. You were already choosing to behave this way. So, hey, just because you have a leader, a leader title now doesn't actually change who you've been as a person, right? And, and what you've been able to do for those around you. Mm-hmm. There's a, if you're within the same organization, there would be those cumulative experiences with other people that would influence their understanding of when you say something, you know, where are your values? Mm-hmm. When you say something, how have in the past you followed through or not followed through? When you, you've talked with them, what is their experience of being heard and understood by you such that they would be willing to or able to co-create or believe it's possible to co-create a solution with you? And the title doesn't help with any of those things. And those are the things that, I, I, I don't know, I, I think all the way back to when I was uh, teaching in the university system, and I would do a lecture and 400 people would write down what I said. <laughs> And then afterward, I'd have, you know, sectionals where I'd work with groups of students, smaller groups of students. They may have even written it down, but did they take it up into their lives? Were they practicing it? Was it meaningful to them? Did it support them? And did it create conditions that allowed them to show up as the best versions of themselves? Well, only when the answers to all of those things are yes, does what someone's written down have meaning. I, I've come to believe that someone just wrote it down. That doesn't help. And the same thing is true within corporate organizations. If you want, you know, a lot of leaders look at their organizations, a lot of titled leaders look at their organizations and want them to be very different and talk sometimes in pretty frustrated ways about the way their people won't follow what they want them to do. And I've never met a situation where the answer wasn't for those leaders to form better connections with the people that they're aiming to serve so that they can get into, you know, coordinated behavior around what they're trying to achieve. And and similarly for those people who are they are serving, right? For them to be able to have those conditions where they can come up and 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 be the best versions of themselves to do their best work, right? So you know, when you have those two pieces together, because even even if let's say the titled leader, the one that you're talking about, Marlene, let's say even even that person does do everything in their power to create that environment. If the people on the team were, you know, the as as you know, we were talking about the people that the leader is serving, don't also show up and 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 kind of choose to behave in this way because they're like, oh, well, someone else is the leader, then nothing actually changes either. Right. It's the it's it's both sides of the same coin is that whether you have the title and then you're creating the context for others to um, to practice their leadership. And when you don't have the title to to choose to step up into it and create those conditions for for amazing work to happen. It's it's bi-directional. I'm I'm also thinking of 
sometimes we've gotten feedback from folks who are asking, huh, okay, if anyone can be a leader, well, how, how does that make sense? Because shouldn't leaders have experience and be able to be mentors and teachers to, you know, and in order to be a mentor and teacher, don't you have to know what you're talking about? Don't you have to have that experience? And I think that what we're saying doesn't contradict that. We're not saying that when we say anyone can be a leader, we're not saying that experience and knowledge is not extremely useful, important. Like I always, I always jokingly say, look, if I'm going for surgery, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do home surgery. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go to an expert. <laughs> I'd, hope, I'd hope so. No, I really, I really believe in expertise. Well, you know, because we live in a world right now where there is a kind of general sense sometimes that, you know, with the internet, anyone could be an expert about anything, right? Like I think of all the podcasts uh, and, and YouTube videos where you go to and you say, how to do such and such, and you start watching the video and about seven minutes in, you learn that this is the first time somebody has done something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, take that with with their advice with a grain of salt. That's for sure. So, I mean, we're not. I'm not saying, and I and I don't think we are saying that leaders don't have expertise born of experience. But we're saying that to show up as a leader is something that you can start very, very early in your practice because there's different outcomes. Like what, when we're talking about solving a complex problem, you'd be surprised where little nuggets of expertise could be absolutely essential to the solution. It, you'd be surprised also where sometimes a lack of expertise can also bring interesting nuggets or interesting spaces of exploration. Because you know, when you when you do have years upon years of expertise, you know, you kind of you got to start almost kind of narrow tunnel vision into a certain set of, of solutions. And then someone comes along who doesn't have that expertise and asks beginner questions that perhaps you hadn't even considered, or maybe you forgot that you had previously considered. That also has value. Mm-hmm. Like we're thinking about, oh, even just something like we're building something for an audience and we've become experts in that audience. We've become very knowledgeable about what they need and we're making something for them. And it's easy to forget what it was like to be that person who was first coming to that problem that our product is, is going to solve. And when I, you know, one of the team members comes in with that, that beginner's mind and asks the beginner or the naive questions, um, how powerful that can be. And this then is saying that those folks who have the expertise and the experience, super valuable on a team, and the folks who are coming in and asking potentially naive questions, when done in a way that serves the overall group, which is to say those beginners are showing up as, you know, in that leadership mindset, they're showing up as leaders also trying to create the conditions where everyone uh, who are are co-creating that solution where where that that can work for everyone, then you really get the best of both worlds. I think I think what we're what we're getting at here 
And this is something that I've, in recent years, become very conscious of making the distinction. You know, as, as, as long as we keep talking about the leader, if you will, right? To me, mentally, that implies that person with the title. So I've been making a conscious effort to, if I'm going to use the word leader, for example, I would, start, I would use it in the context of a leader. So as to imply that there can be, and in my opinion, should be many leaders that come together to create amazing things. So first of all, that distinction between the, which implies the titled leader to a, which implies that there could be many. So that's one. And the other thing too, is that maybe it's less, again, to, to kind of step away from these complications that come with titles or you know preconceived notions, whatever. What if we actually removed this idea of a word for it, so a leader, and just said, hey, you know what? Like, I'm a person who practices leadership. And I've I've been curious, and I'd love to get thoughts um, from anybody who's willing to share, but I'd be curious as to whether if positioned that way, if you talk about leadership as something that you practice rather than something that you are, does that change or how does that change your your thoughts around it? And how does that either encourage or discourage or whatever you to come into a situation and kind of like we had in the definition and choose to behave in such a way where you are practicing your leadership? That sounds like a call to our listenership to share, share your ideas, share your perspectives with us. Indeed. So we kind of, we've been talking about the who but I think it, now if we go down this path and we're saying, okay, well, it's something that you choose to practice. So it's a practice of leadership. Well, now does that mean it, like, let's go and talk about the where? Because where now doesn't have to be constrained to a business context or a corporate context. So I think you've just opened the door for our next podcast. <laughs> Maybe. I'm thinking that's where we'll go next. That one deserves a conversation on its own. So totally, I, I agree with you. Let's, uh, let's leave it for the next time. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast. We invite you to share your thoughts on this episode and your thoughts on how you practice leadership. Join us in the Leadership Practitioner Connection, our community of like-minded practitioners who aspire to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work. You can find it at leadershippractitioner.org slash connection. Mm-hmm.